Starks. They are going to bring pressure again. Rogers is going to roll away. Throws it up in the air. Says a prayer. And Chance does it. He's out. Oh, please. What a catch. That's insane. Oh, my. That may be one of the great throws ever made. Moving to his left. Can the receivers get part of downfield? Rodgers in trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Richard Rodgers with a walk-off touchdown. A game ender for the Packers. Giants looking for a stop. They're going to air it out. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone. Come. Touchdown. Unbelievable. Man, who does that better than Aaron Rodgers? Welcome to the Rodgers Hail Mary podcast. My mission statement is to bring you weekly bowl predictions for the Packers the NFL, and maybe even a little college football once in a while. My name is Nathan Spooner. I am your host, and I would like you to consider this thought. Bowl predictions, they're like Hail Marys. Sometimes you just have to throw them out there in desperation sometimes and pray they come to completion. Well, this is episode six. We're going to be reviewing Week 5 of the NFL season and the Packers at Lions. And then looking ahead to week 6 of the NFL, primarily the Packers hosting the San Francisco 49ers on Monday Night Football. But we will also be looking at a few other games of interest. So let's quickly look back at the disaster that was the Green Bay Packers in week 5 against the Detroit Lions. It was not a sight to behold. Now, if you are like some fans who only look at the box score, then Aaron Rodgers is gonna look to you like he had a great day. Uh, Just pulling that up, Aaron Rodgers, he was 32 of 52 for 442 yards and three touchdowns and no interceptions with a QB rating of 108.0. That's pretty good, just looking at the stats. But as many of our film experts have pointed out on Twitter, Aaron Rodgers left a lot out there on the field on Sunday in the first half. And this caused our offense to get off to a so slow start. So we were unable to get a good running game going to stay consistent with the running game. And we were coming from behind the whole time. Along with some of those mistakes by Rodgers missing open receivers and then the phantom muffed punt that was called against Kevin King. Maybe just like we were hosed by the refs against the Vikings, and they've now since a few weeks later come out and told us that that, in fact, was not roughing the passer by Matt Matthews, that uh, maybe in a few weeks they'll come out and they'll say that that should not have been a muffed punt, that Kevin King did not, in fact, come in contact with that punt and so then we'll have yet another thing to remember 
about the refs hosing the Green Bay Packers on bad calls. Uh, another bad call, of course, was the terrible unsportsmanlike conduct called against Tony Brown. I agree with just about everybody who says that has no place in our game. It just makes our game weak. Let these guys have fun. So let's just go ahead and recap our predictions from the Packers game and then look forward to the 49ers game, all right? So it's not always fun being right about some of these predictions, by the way, when our guys stat-wise meet our predictions and we still lose the game. I just want to point that out. So I'm, uh, if I sound excited about being right on some of these, I'm excited that I am right for a change, but I'm not excited about losing the game. That is obviously more important to me as a Packers fan. All right, so let's just look right at it here. I had Aaron Rodgers going for 300 yards and three touchdowns. And as I already pointed out, he threw for 442 yards and three touchdowns. So I easily got that one right. So... But let's remember about what was, um, here it is right here, uh, St. Equinamia St. Brown, he had a 54-yarder basically in garbage time. And that was Aaron's longest pass of the day. Uh, so if you just take that one pass away, he's below 400 yards. But nonetheless, uh, 442 yards, three touchdowns, we got that one right. We said that Aaron Jones, this would be his breakout game. He'd go for 100 yards and a touchdown. That did not happen. As I said, the offense got behind, the team got behind on the scoreboard, and we were not able to stick with the running game effect. Aaron Jones barely saw the field in the second half. So he had seven carries for 40 yards, a long of 18 yards, averaging 5.7. So he's still averaging well. And Jamal Williams averaged well at 5.5 yards a carry, 6 for 33. And Ty Montgomery was at average, actually. Four carries, 15 yards, 3.8 average. So our running game was doing exactly what I said they would be able to do. They were running all over the lines, just like every other team has run over the Lions. The only problem is we let the Lions have short fields with our missed field goals. And I didn't even get into that on my rant. Uh, what the heck is going on with Mason Crosby? But... Um, those short fields, not all the short fields came from Mason Crosby's misses, by the way. One of his misses, the Lions still got the ball at like the 30 or 35-yard line. I wouldn't call that necessarily a short field. I call it favorable, um, but I wouldn't call it a short field. 30-35 is better than 20-25, but uh, nonetheless. So that was the running game. It, it, it could, they could have had a huge day, but unfortunately, the running game got scripted out of the play calling. So... Uh, I also had Devontae Adams going for 100 yards and getting a touchdown. I got that right. Devontae Adams had 140 yards on nine receptions and one touchdown. But man, if he could have caught that one pass, I'm trying to remember the exact timing. It was in the fourth quarter, uh, probably about three minutes left, four minutes left, somewhere around there. And he dropped that pass that would have put him at the one-yard line. It, remember, it had to be reviewed Um, Because they initially did call that he catched it. But after further review, it was pretty obvious that he did not catch it. Man, if he catches that ball, though, that puts the Packers in business. But uh, we got that right. And then Jimmy Graham, we had him going for 100 yards and getting a touchdown. He had 76 yards on six receptions, no touchdowns. But let me tell you. I should go back and look at that one drop he had in the end zone. But that would have got him pretty close, I'm sure, to 100 yards and that one touchdown. Went right through his fingers. 
unacceptable. Then I had Ty Montgomery also getting a receiving touchdown. He did not get that. But before I leave the offense, I want to say congratulations to MVS Marquez Valdez-Scantling on getting his first career touchdown. He was actually pretty impressive, I would say. He had 10 targets, 7 receptions, 68 yards, and uh, just all around looked good. And that stretch for the goal line on this possible second touchdown, which was rightly called short, was just also very athletic and impressive. I thought ESB also looked good in the couple passes that he had. He had three receptions for 89 yards, like I said, the 54 in garbage time, 54-yard reception in garbage time. So he also looked pretty good. But I'm noticing something else here. Ty Montgomery only saw three targets and only had one reception for 23 yards. Why the heck is Ty Montgomery not getting more passing opportunities when especially uh, we're behind? We should... We should be finding him all the time. Jamal Williams, another good receiving, and Andrew Aaron Jones, both each had two receiving receptions for 19 yards each. We're only targeted four and three times respectively. We gotta get, we gotta call more screens. They used to be the Packers' identity was screen passes. We got the skill positions to do it with our running backs. Why aren't we doing it? We need to do more of it, if you ask me. All right, let's move on to the defense. Before I rant and rave anymore, I had Bashad Breeland getting a one interception, but he did not play in this game. So his injury was further um, sidelined him. So that did not happen. Yeah, Matt Stafford didn't throw any interceptions, in fact. And if I'm looking at it here, I'm trying to remember. I don't think we did. We forced no turnovers, but we had three turnovers. So that's not a formula for success by any stretch of the imagination. Then I had Clay Matthews recording a sack. He did not record one. Reggie Gilbert I had recording a sack. He did not record one. Mike Daniels I had recording a sack. He did not record one. But we did get three sacks. I felt we could have done more. I think I did call for three sacks. So, um, But they went to two for Blake Martinez and one for HaHa Clinton Dix. So well done there. Blake got some inside rush there going. So that was my defensive predictions, and I ultimately had the Packers beating the Lions 34-31, to and they lost 31-23. to So it wasn't great. It wasn't good. And coming from you guys also, I actually did not, to be honest, pull the, up your guys' predictions from last week. Some of them might have been right, but I'm sure you guys are like me. It's not too big of a deal that I don't bring those up simply because we lost, and you'd much rather see the Packers win like myself. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to week number six, the Packers and 49ers. I'm going to try to get this a little more upbeat, guys. Let's try to get excited. I'm trying to be a little more positive here that the Packers, it's not time to panic. In fact, I think we all should just R-E-L-A-X and relax. I think the Packers are going to be fine. I've kind of looked at the uh, remaining remainder of the schedule, especially after we face the gauntlet of Rams and Patriots, and those are there's eight games after that still. I think it is within reason that as long as the offense gets their act together, the defense stays solid. They don't have to even be top ten in the second half of the season as long as they stay solid. I think it is within reason that the Packers finish the last eight games either 7-1 and one or 6-2. and two. 
and that will be good enough to get them into the playoffs. Seven and one would be preferable, or but six and two will get the job done, especially if we before that can steal a game from the Rams or the Patriots. If we steal one of those two games, and we then we go six and two, we're looking at a ten-one season and in the playoffs because nobody in the rest of the NFC is looking all that great either, except for the Rams. Okay, and so it's very likely that we could easily come back. We're only a half game behind the Bears, guys. Well, it's actually feasible that we could win the NFC North and not even have to fight for a wild card spot. It's very likely. So let's stay positive, okay, guys? So let's look at what we got here. I have Aaron Rodgers going for 400 yards and four touchdowns. This, by the way, is the week that the offense does get it rolling. Against this defense of the 49ers, it's going to be a Monday night game. The 49ers might be hyped for it, but I'm I'm just liking the extra day of rest for the Packers, the extra day of studying for Mike McCarthy, and for Aaron Rodgers, and I just think this is the time they get it all together. So Aaron Rodgers goes for 400 yards and four touchdowns, and I'm calling it right now. Aaron Rodgers will have three touchdowns in the first half. You heard it, three touchdowns in the first half. They are going to start off on fire. Aaron Rodgers is ticked off. He's tired of what's going on out there, and he's taken a, he has taken the humble pie, and he realizes that some of it's his own fault too. He's not just blaming the coaching staff anymore. And he's going to take it on himself to prove that he still is the greatest. So he's going to ha- go off in that first half for three touchdowns. In, in total, 400 yards and four touchdowns in a game. I have Aaron Jones going for 100 yards and a touchdown. I think that the Packers Mike and Mike McCarthy intended for Aaron Jones to have his breakout week last week, but uh, be falling behind so fast, he was not able to. So I think they give him a heavy or workload uh, this Sunday, this Monday, excuse me, and he goes for 100 yards and gets in a touchdown. I have Devontae Adams going for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Yep, he gets two of Rodgers' four touchdowns and 100 yards. I have Jimmy Graham snagging a touchdown, and I have MVS getting 100 yards and a touchdown. And I only I say that we don't know Cobb probably won't be playing. We don't know if Geronimo Allison will clear the concussion protocol yet. But even if he does, I think MVS will see a little bit more prominent role. The more time he gets, the more prominent his role will grow. And so I think that he will have a pretty good game here and go for 100 yards because Richard Sherman's the only guy they got. Aaron Rodgers doesn't care really who is guarding who. He'll throw it either way. And Devontae Adams has success. And I'm going to say he's going to have success against Richard Sherman. But I think also with MV, they, with the 49ers not really having too much other depth elsewhere, even if Geronimo Allison plays, that's, he will snag the second best corner and MVS will be able to get open, I think. So watch out for that. Then I have Josh Jackson gets his first career interception on the defensive side of things. Oren Burks, I'm going to call it now. He gets his first interception of his career. And here's the thing, guys. I I watched C.J. Beathard. I watched his last two games of this season, his only two starts of the season. And he had one pass attempt, actually, that uh, against the Chiefs 
in that losing effort coming in for uh, at at the tail end of the game when Jimmy Garoppolo got injured. And that one pass attempt was actually called back on a penalty, so it didn't even count. You won't even find it in the box score. But it was actually a touchdown pass. It looked pretty good. But here's the thing about C.J. Beathard. In his first start, I'm trying to even remember who it was against now. Uh, in his first start, he they had him throwing passes, quick passes, making quick decisions, and he looked pretty good. He didn't look like Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees, but he did look like Alex Smith. I could would make that comparison. He was decisive. He made smart decisions. His two interceptions in that game were off the hands of his receivers. Drops off the by the receivers. His interception, his two interceptions in the next game against the Cardinals. One interception was through the hands off, tipped off the hands of his own receiver. A drop by his receiver again, and the other one was an actual bad decision. He had pressure coming up the middle. And he forced it into tight coverage, and it was picked off. So that was a bad decision. And actually, let me take a step back. His One of his interceptions the week before, he was getting drilled as he released it, and it was picked off by a defensive lineman because it had no chance it was a lame duck because he got drilled. But either way, so C.J. Beathard is a serviceable quarterback. He's not garbage, really. Um but he's not good under pressure, that's for sure. He doesn't have pocket presence. He doesn't move around well that way. So I think if we can up the pressure on him, we're going to see some turnover opportunities, whether it be in the interceptions or the fumbles. And if we can force three to four turnovers, then it's going to just fuel the fire for our offense. So that's why I have Josh Jackson and Oren Burks both getting their first career interception this game. Then Getting into the backfield for sacks, I have Dean Lowry snagging a sack, Gilbert, Reggie Gilbert snagging a sack, and Mike Daniels getting a sack. And I didn't write this down initially, but I'm just going to say it now then, that I'm going to go ahead and give Kenny Clark a forced fumble. He's going to force a fumble, and one of our guys is going to recover it. I think that uh, we have a chance to do that and uh, see just uh, about those two two to three turnovers to really just put it on for the Packers. So now let's go ahead and look at some of your guys' predictions. At Gunslinger Monty said that the Packers offense rallies and puts up 50 plus points in the game. And to end the first half, Mason Crosby nails a 50 plus yard field goal. So 50 plus points, that's pretty bold. Uh, so I almost put the Packers at 40 points. I won't tell you yet what I put the Packers at, but I almost put them over 40 points in this game, but I decided not to. So 50 plus points would be something to write home about for sure. Maybe it could be where Aaron Rodgers goes for five or six, five touchdowns, four or five touchdowns in the first half and a total of six touchdowns. Who knows? Uh, Another one here at B underscore money 50. He's a Blake Martinez fan. It says that Blake will get two sacks, 12 tackles, and a pick six. That's right. Blake Martinez will be Lambo leaping. And he tagged Blake Martinez, actually, in that tweet and got a like from Blake on that one. So, Blake, if you decide to check in and see what I have to say about this, thanks for listening. You probably aren't, but hey, thanks for liking uh, that tweet. And I like the predictions. 
a pick six by Blake Martinez. I don't have in my predictions get him getting a pick six, but I think it's very possible that he could get the pick six and and uh, interception instead of Oren Burks. And a touchdown by the defense would be nice to see. We haven't really seen any touchdowns from our defense. We had one from special teams, but we haven't had a defensive touchdown yet this year. So that would be nice to see as well. And then him getting two sacks. Um, obviously, he had the two sacks last week. So obviously, it's not out of the question for him to see that again today. Then our faithful each week at George Nicholas underscore one writes, just win, baby. I think Crosby will come back with three field goals, a Graham TD, three sacks, 30 plus total points for us, and a and two picks. Would love a pick six, but hey, I just want that W this week. I like it. I like all of that. I think that's all very possible. I think I have Mason Crosby getting two field goals in this, so I think he'll be fine. I don't think there's anything to worry about Mason Crosby, which is why I didn't really rant and rave about it too much. Then at Feed the Pack says plus 40 points for Green Bay and no 49ers touchdowns. I almost thought considered that for my prediction that uh, there would be some field goals for the Niners and no touchdowns, but I hesitated away from that. So maybe I'm just not as bold as you feed the pack, but it would be awesome if you're right. So let's check in on that next week and see where we stand on that. Sam Neely says the Packers bounce back. Uh, sorry, his Twitter handle is at stneely1994. Says the Packers bounce back winning 38-13. to That's actually pretty close to my prediction, guys. But it's going to be close. So it's not going to be exact. In fact, I do have... Well, I'm trying not to spoil it, guys. Man, I'm trying to get ahead of myself. All right, you'll just we'll have to see in just a few minutes. We'll get there. All right, then I think I have one other one here from, if I can find it real quick. Yeah, just quite simply here, at KingDay underscore. He just said the Packers, his bold prediction is a, and I quote, a win, end quote. Let's go ahead and now that we've seen that, let's go ahead and take a look at our pick six segment. Heinz Ward in motion toward the formation and back to throw Roethlisberger, pump fake short, airs it out deep, left side going for Wallace, intercepted on the underthrow by Collins, right sideline to the 15 to the 10, weaving his way to the 5, leaping Enzo, it's a touchdown! Okay, for our pick six segment here, let's go ahead and review week five, what we had, and guys, I have to make a confession, I had a math issue, and I failed to notice that I only picked five games last week, so going to mess up the the record here a little bit um, so later on at the end of the season if my math doesn't seem to add up on what my record is you'll know why so first of all I had the Eagles taking on the Vikings and I had the Eagles beating the Vikings and I got that one wrong so that brought us to 9-9-1 nine, nine, and one. and then I had the Saints take beating the Redskins they smashed the Redskins 43-19 to so that brings us to 10, 9, and 1. So for that's our uh, first round pick watch. And it looks like, guys, that if the Saints stay on this pace, and uh, by the way, congratulations, Drew Brees, on taking that record there, passing yards. Uh, but it looks like if the Saints stay on this pace, that we're going to have a high 20s pick with that. But who can complain, really? We're going to have two first round picks. Then I had the Jags taking 
the win against the Kansas City Chiefs, and boy, was I wrong. These Chiefs are looking pretty good, but we've seen them go 5-0 before. The Chiefs beat them 30-14. That Jags defense didn't stand up at all to them, so that brings the record to 11-9 and Oops, I'm doing that backwards. Sorry, guys. That brings the record to 10-10-1. Then I had the Texans beating the Cowboys, and they did. They won 19-16, and so that brings our record to 11-10-1. And then I had the Packers beating the Lions, and I was the last one. The fifth one I did, I forgot to do a sixth one. I was doing it on the fly last week and didn't look far enough ahead to, to get my sixth one in there. And so... Uh, I got that one wrong, obviously. So that brings our record currently to 11, 11, and 1. Sounds about as terrible as 2, 2, and 1, doesn't it? All right, so let's go ahead and look at week 6. This time, I've got it all planned out for you guys. I got 6 games, which, mind you, wasn't easy because we have the Lions on a bye and the Saints on a bye. So our first round pick watch couldn't happen, so I had to find 3 other games outside of the NFC North to take a look at. So first, we have the Bears travel down to Miami to play the Dolphins at noon Central, 1 Eastern time. The Bears are three-point favorites on this one by the spread, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Dolphins at home to beat the Bears. I think this will be a a low-scoring game, actually. I think the offenses both aren't going to look that good And I think this will be a low-scoring game that the Dolphins pull out near the end. Then we have the Cardinals traveling up to Minnesota to play the Vikings also at 1 Eastern time. The Vikings are 10.5-point favorites. You guys thought that the Packers spread was big. This is just slightly bigger, okay? And we have seen the Cardinals play good against... Bad teams. They finally got their first win last week against the our opponent, the 49ers, or this week. Um, but the their the spread is ten and a half favorites by for Minnesota, and I'm taking Minnesota on that one, no question. There's no way the Cardinals are going to come up to Minnesota and beat this Vikings team. So I got the Vikings. Then we're going to go over and look again at my AFC Super Bowl pick, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars take on the Dallas Cowboys at. 425 Eastern Time. The Jaguars are three and a half point favorites. Sorry, not three and a half, just three. And I'm taking the Jaguars on this one. The the Texans just beat the Cowboys. And I think that there's no way that Blake Bortles Bortles another game like he did last week against the Chiefs. I think he does a lot better against this Cowboys defense. And I think the Jaguars defense is going to be ticked off. And they're going to play like it. And they're going to shut down Dak Prescott. Zeke Elliott might have an okay game. But I feel like he will be held under 100 yards against this Jaguars defense as well. And the Jaguars are going to blow out the Cowboys, really. That's how I see it, even though they're only three-point favorites. Then, another game of interest here really has nothing to do with anything. Except for maybe some playoff implications later on down the road for the Packers. And that's the Panthers. At Redskins at 1 Eastern Time, the Redskins are one-point favorites in this one. The Panthers are 3-1, and one and the Redskins are 2-2. Two and two. And I have the Redskins beating the Panthers in this one. I think the Redskins, they're one-point favorites. I think they'll do it at home. I think that this is a bad game for Cam Newton. 
Now, moving on to uh, the Buccaneers and Falcons game, which is um, Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock Eastern time. The Atlanta Falcons, uh, the game is in Atlanta. The Falcons are favored by 3.5 here by the line. And I've gone back and forth on this one. I've thought about it, but I'm going to go ahead and go with my initial gut feeling and take the Buccaneers on this one. James's first start, James Winston's first start of the season. And so I think he takes care of business there and gets the Buccaneers to win. Then, lastly, Packers versus the 49ers on Monday Night Football in Lambeau Field. Game time officially starts at 7.15 Central Time, 8.15 Eastern. The Green Bay Packers are 9.5 point favorites. The over-unders at 46.5. But I think the Packers very well could hit the over-under on their own. But I have the final score. Of course, I have the Packers winning this game, first of all. And I have the final score at 41-13. to Green Bay. That's right, 41-13. So that means Aaron Rodgers throws four touchdowns. That gets you 28. Aaron Jones gets a touchdown, gets you to 35. And Mason Crosby hits two field goals, 41-13. to 13. So we will have to wait and see, have to wait an extra day for the game. So it's going to be an extra day of misery, really, watching some of these other teams play. It'll be fun watching those, but sometimes I love Monday Night Football because it's Monday Night Football. It's the only game on. But I also hate waiting an extra day to see my team play. But anyways, so that was the pick six segment. Second and 19. Ryan alone to the shotgun, gets the snap, rolls left, throws the left sideline. Intercepted. Down the sidelines. Ramon Williams into the clear. To the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 10. All the way to the touchdown. 72 yards. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the whole episode and to the pick six segment. Uh, next week, we got plans for that. And for next week, we plan on, uh, with the bye coming up, that uh, we will review the 49ers game. Then we will review the entire season, see how we're, our year-long projections are doing. And then the week after, we will simply review our pick six from week seven and look forward to the Packers matchup in Los Angeles against the Rams. Well, you can listen to this podcast in many different ways. We have it available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at 12 Hail Mary, as well as on Facebook. Check us out over there. And so please just let us know also what you think of the podcast so far. If you have any suggestions, things you'd like to hear, other predictions you'd like to see from maybe other sports or other teams, let me know and we can see if we can work some of that in. So until next time, go Pack Go! And there is your dagger!